Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, this is Jim Richards. I hope you're enjoying this series that we're having this month. And I'm telling you, you're going to enjoy this program today. We're going to be talking about overcomers and giant killers because that's what we are. And one of the things you're going to realize as we look to the future, no matter how bad things may get in this world, we are in the kingdom of God. We're children of God. And the Bible shows us a model that no matter how powerful the wickedness is, you know, when sin abounds, grace does much more abound. When the enemy comes in like a flood, God raises up a standard. God always leads people into being overcomers, more than conquerors, having absolute victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. And today we're going to be sharing about this, and you're going to learn some things about the signs to look for, but more than that, you're going to see the model for how to be an overcomer and a giant killer. Listen, this message and this entire series, just like all of our messages and series, are available for free at www.impactministries.com. Go back and study everything in these messages. Hey, I'm Jim Richards, and i got a free download for you. I want to resolve your confusing questions about the second coming of Jesus. There are so many things that we are confused about that are unclear, and I've got a free message that's going to answer those questions. My book, Apocalypse, is a spiritual guide for the second coming. You know, it, it does no good just to look at how bad the world's going to get, and that's what a lot of people do when they think about the end times, because... You know, it's only the end times in the sense that when Jesus returns, ultimately, he will lead us to when there will be time no more. But when we think about the end times because of the way religion has affected us, man, it's this big horror story. And, you know, I think back to some of the first things I ever learned when I was first born again. The very first Bible study that the church was having that I went to was about the book of Revelation. Man, I'm telling you what, it was all mystical. You know, they extrapolated these things in the book of Revelations into symbolic things that had nothing to do with anything that the Bible had ever said. And I mean, I'm telling you, it looked like a horror story that made you want to bury your head in the sand and die prematurely so that you wouldn't have to go through all that. Well, listen, it is going to be bad. The Bible says it's going to be the worst time that the world's ever seen. It said there's never been a tribulation like this tribulation, and it's a tribulation that's going to affect the entire world to some degree. But we've got to go into this preparing for the second coming. We're not preparing just to deal with the Antichrist. We're not preparing just to go through hard times. We are preparing to usher in the return of the Lord Jesus. We are preparing to be what I call overcomers and giant killers. And we'll talk to you about that. And listen, man, in my book, I go into great detail about that as well as in the series that goes along with this. I want you to understand who you are in Jesus and what you can do and how no matter what happens in this world, you are going to experience a life in the power of God if you want to, if you trust Him for it. But now, it's important, you know, we do have to understand the signs. We do have to understand what's coming. And we do have to understand some things about the Antichrist and what He's going to bring to the world as He sees His power. But more than anything else, 
We want our hearts to be alive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. This is so essential. You know, when Jesus taught about what we needed to do to prepare for the end, you know, when Jesus taught us what was important, and I don't know about you, but since Jesus is my Lord, you know, I appreciate the Apostle Paul, but he's not my Lord. I appreciate all of the writers of the New Testament, but they're not my Lord. And when Jesus left, the commission that he gave to the church was to teach people to observe everything that he had ever commanded, everything that he had ever said. And so, you know, we have this tendency when we think about the second coming to look everywhere except where Jesus was talking and where Jesus was telling us what to focus on. And I'm going to tell you something more than anything else. Jesus taught us to develop our capacity to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. That is the most important thing because it's going to be the Holy Spirit and His wisdom and His power and His strength that's going to lead us through, not just lead us through difficult times so that we're survivors, but lead us through difficult times so that we're overcomers, so that we're influencers, so we help the world that's in darkness. You know, we want our focus to be on Jesus and his promise. You know, Jesus, when teaching about these things in Luke 21, 20, he says this. He says, now, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Don't drop your head. Don't hide your head in fear. But, you know, we got to look at what's really happening because he told, he forewarned about what would really be happening. But even in the midst of having this awareness of what's going to happen, we've got to keep our focus on the fact that our redemption draws near. You know, only focusing on the Antichrist and the tribulation just promotes fear and makes people go into denial. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to face it. They don't think they can work it out. It's bigger than they can imagine. But only focusing on the second coming can create denial. And there's all kinds of weird doctrines out there about the second coming. You know, there is a teaching that says that the second coming has already taken place. That uh, when we were born again, that was the second coming. When the Holy Spirit was poured out, that was the second coming. No, you know, that was the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. And if you understand what the Word of God taught us through the feasts, all of the feasts of the Old Testament really reveal the major things that are going to happen from the cross all the way through to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The second coming of Jesus is not going to be something that happens that you can't recognize. Jesus said, listen, when this happens, man, it's going to be like a lightning flashing that goes from the east to the west. Everybody's going to know it. It's not going to be something that people can deny. It's not going to be something people can misunderstand. It's not going to be something that's hidden or takes place in secret. At the second coming, Jesus personally returns and we will be aware of it. So, but I don't want to stop there. You know, let's talk a few minutes about the false Christ because there is going to be a false Christ. Well, in order to understand the last antichrist or false Christ, we need to understand the first one. And see, this is one of the rules or one of the laws of understanding what truth is. You know, the Hebrew word for truth is a word that basically implies that you can't just look at what's in front of you right now and get the truth. You have to go back to the very beginning. You have to go back to the very first time that something was introduced in the Scripture, the first time God showed us something, the first time God told us something. And you've got to understand what's happening now in light of what happened then. Because everything that happened before Jesus is a type and a shadow of the good and the bad things that come into life, and we learn how to identify them and what to deal with. Nimrod, in the Old Testament, was the first Antichrist. Now, Nimrod, he was the first worldwide ruler 
after the flood. Nimrod himself was a Nephilim. Now, we know that Nephilim were destroyed in the flood, but it says in the book of Genesis that there were Nephilim in the world then and after that. And we know that the Nephilim were here after that for several reasons. Number one, we have the biblical account. You know, we have the children of Israel fighting giants. We have David fighting a giant. We also have a historical account, a geological account, because we know that the Nephilim scattered all over the face of the earth because their bones have been discovered on every continent and just about every country in the world, even though it's been covered up. But I want you to understand something. Nimrod, he was a Nephilim. In other words, he was an offspring of a woman, a female, and a watcher, an angel who had the capacity to manifest himself in a human body. So his spirit was a demonic spirit, even though he had these human limitations, and even though he had this fleshly body. And Nimrod was the first Antichrist. And again, you know, I'm just hitting the high spots on this so that you'll kind of get the picture. If you want to go into more details, be sure and get the series that goes with this. Or more importantly, be sure and get my book, because the book Apocalypse is going to answer every question you've ever had about how we got here, how the world ended up where it was. But let's look at what the first Nimrod did. I'm just going to skirt over these pretty fast. The first Nimrod offered protection to the world from a tyrannical God because Nimrod presented the idea as a Luciferian doctrine that God may get angry and destroy the world at any moment. And the only way that mankind could survive would be if they would gather together under his banner. Well, his banner was the Luciferian banner. In other words, from the philosophy that is still embraced by secret societies, by the philosophies that still embraced by many of the false religions of the world, Lucifer was in fact the light bearer. He came and he gave us the knowledge of good and evil, and really he freed us from this angry God. Well, God's not angry, and there was never anything that God said to man or told man to do that was oppressive. This was just how Lucifer presented his doctrine to the world and really seduced mankind, and to this day, it's how he seduces mankind. So, number one, Nimrod offered protection from this tyrannical God. He was going to show men how he could protect them from the wrath of God. And he began by offering hope and by offering protection. But ultimately, the Bible teaches us that he began to take men by force. And this is exactly what the Antichrist will do. It says in Genesis 10, 9, that Nimrod was a hunter of men or a hunter before the Lord. This doesn't mean a regular hunter. He hunted men and forced men to comply with his iniquitous beliefs, with his beliefs and doctrines that were anti God, that were anti-Scripture, that were anti-everything that God ever said. So thereby, because everything he did was based on iniquity, he was a promoter of Luciferian doctrine. And uh, today we see that through political correctness. Today we see that through humanism, withstanding and opposing all that's godly. Listen, I'll be back in just a minute. Don't go anywhere. We're going to pick this up where I left off. My new HCD series, Apocalypse, A Spiritual Guide to the Second Coming, is going to answer questions that you've probably had your whole life. It's going to bring peace and clarity to you about the second coming. It's going to teach you what Jesus said was important. Now, you know my CD series are always different than the book. So you want to get this. This is going to answer your questions. And we're going to Put your focus where it's supposed to be, not on the tribulation, not on the Antichrist, not on everything that's wrong, but on the second coming of Jesus and how you can prepare. You know, I know it's hard to picture this, but you have to understand that everything that Nimrod did, we're going to see in the last Antichrist. And we're actually already seeing this. you got to realize that iniquity 
is Luciferian doctrine. Iniquity is when somebody comes out and says, well, you know, the Bible says this, but here's a better way. The Bible says this, but that's antiquated. That's not valuable anymore. You know, I heard somebody putting up an argument the other day, and they were arguing about a particular moral issue. And they were saying, well, that's really not relevant. That was only relevant then. They said, after all, there's a lot of things in the Bible that we don't do anymore. And I'm thinking, so just because we've stopped doing things, just because our society has become so corrupt that we stopped doing things, suddenly that means that God's changed his mind because we've changed our mind because we've rejected God's word. See, we are baptized into iniquity. You know, I compare it to like when a doctor goes in and says, well, you know what? We'll just take your gallbladder out. You don't really need that. Oh, yes, you do. God created you in such a way you need it and take the gallbladder out. You're going to have digestive issues the rest of your life. But you know, the doctor's answer for that many times is, well, hey, that's all right. We'll just give you something to help you with that. Well, see, that's the way we are about, about things in the Word of God. We look at something that's not valuable to us or that we don't understand. We say, you know what? That's not important anymore. That's iniquity. Iniquity rejects God's wisdom. It rejects God's morals, values, characters. It rejects God's wisdom and replaces it with humanism. In other words, with the concepts that man comes up that he says are most important. It replaces it with political correctness. It replaces it with social justice. All of these things are signs of the time that says the world is becoming more godless. The world is rejecting and opposing all that's godly. And so this is what Nimrod did. Nimrod established his own religion. Now it is amazing as we race toward the return of the Lord Jesus, the entire world in America, they do it in the name of separation of church and state, which by the way is not in the constitution. It was written in a letter that the founding fathers were writing to each other. And it doesn't even mean what the leftists have said that it means. Separation of church and state is nowhere in the constitution. But anyhow, in the name of separation of church and state, it seems that our governments are becoming a-spiritual. In other words, they have no spiritual values, but the real truth is they have their own spiritual values, but they present them with terminology, like say a political correctness, of fairness and social justice and all of these kinds of things. So basically, we don't realize it, but religions are being created in governments. And the religions that are being persecuted, and I hate to use the word religion because I hate that word, but it's the best way for some people to understand, is anything that recognizes Jehovah as God, the creator of all mankind, and Jesus Christ as Lord. Israel and Christians, that's the only persecution that's really happening right now by government. Now, Nimrod was the father of all false religion. You know, Nimrod ultimately was exalted as the sun god, and Semiramis, his wife, was exalted as Ishtar, the moon goddess. And really, after his death, Semiramis required him to be called Baal. And so this was the beginning of Baal worship. And this was the beginning of all secret societies because remember we learned about Mystery Babylon, how that Mystery Babylon is a secret society that, that all through time has promoted corrupt values and believed that it had the secret knowledge for being able to overthrow the world and being able to overthrow the angry creator God. Now, one of the most interesting things about Nimrod was that he is the father of all Antichrist nations. As nearly as we can understand, Nimrod was the founder of all of the ancient civilizations. And in fact, we have every reason to believe that he was the first pharaoh that was worshipped as a god king. But all the Antichrist nations emerged 
from Nimrod. Now, the book of Revelation, Revelation 17.10, explains to us the boundaries of the Antichrist nations. Now, this is really important that you understand this. Theologians have had a tendency to take the attributes of the great harlot and to take the attributes of the Antichrist and mesh them together into one humongous evil and not understand that these are two different entities that are pretty much coming from two different areas of the world. You know, the great harlot seems to be coming to us more through the European nations where a few families and the European nations and a few families here in America ultimately control all of the wealth of the world. And this is very probably what Mystery Babylon is because Mystery Babylon corrupts people and overthrows nations and leads nations away from God and brings about the persecution of God's people and does it all pretty much through the economic system. So everything about this promotes to something that's more European-based and something that is more related to the banking system and this sort of thing. But the Antichrist nations is not Europe. It can't come from Europe. It's not Rome. And that's what we've always been taught. In the book of Revelation, we have an account of where the apostle John is saying or describing the nation that will emerge as the Antichrist nations. Now, Understand, he is writing this somewhere between 90 and 96 A.D., which, by the way, because this was written in 90 to 96 A.D., we know then that the tribulation could not have already taken place. I mean, there's a lot of reasons we know this, but this is just one of many reasons. But he is looking from about 90, 96 A.D., he's looking back in time, and he's describing all of the nations that comprise the one Antichrist nation, and he says... Five have fallen, one is, one is yet to come. And we understand, if you go back and look at the book of Daniel, now the book of Daniel, at a certain point in time, actually from the time of the Babylonian nation, is looking forward, and he's seeing this great image that describes all the nations that are yet to come. And they're describing the same thing, but they're describing it from two focal points in history. And so the nations that John is describing are the nations of the world that have dominated Israel and that have worshipped some derivative form of Nimrod or some form of the sun god. You have to realize when the languages were divided into 70 languages, then the name of Nimrod changed into 70 different languages. And when you go back and study the origin of almost all ancient religions, they all have their roots in and sound identical to the story of what happened with Nimrod. And that's because all ancient religions emerged from the worship of Nimrod, who declared himself as the sun god. So looking back in time, here is what the Apostle John saw. When he talks about where the Antichrist is going to come from, and this a nation that's going to emerge, he says, five have fallen, one is, and one is yet to come. Here's the five nations that have fallen. Egypt, who at one time dominated the world, dominated God's people. Assyria, dominated the known world, dominated God's people. Babylon, Dominated the known world, dominated God's people. Media Persia, dominated the known world, dominated God's people. Greece, dominated the world, the known world, and dominated God's people. And then ultimately, so those are the five that were. And then the one that is, 
at the time of John is Rome. Now, because Rome was such an oppressor of God's people for such a long time, they oppressed Christianity. It was easy for theologians to look at Rome and say, man, this is it. This is where the Antichrist has got to come from. So really, they started extrapolating, stretching, bending, twisting scriptures. But the real truth is they really missed the point because there was another nation that came that overthrew Rome and overthrew God's people. Now, many people think that Rome was overthrown by the Germanian tribes out of Europe, and therefore they focused the Antichrist as coming from Europe. And this is why many people thought Hitler or Mussolini might have been the Antichrist. But I want you to understand something. They did not overthrow the Roman Empire. They only overthrew the Western Roman Empire, and the capital of the Roman Empire was moved. And so it was moved to the eastern part of the Roman Empire. And over time, the Ottoman Empire, which really included almost all of these former nations, they developed into a caliphate and under the banner of Islam, and they overthrew the Roman Empire. And it is the caliphate under the banner of Islam, under the banner of the crescent moon, which is the same image that is used all the way back through every religion that's ever oppressed Israel, all the way back to Baal worship. It will be the Ottoman Empire that is the empire that is revived under one banner, under Islam, with the ultimate purpose of destroying Israel and destroying all Christianity that will emerge as the ten Antichrist nations under one leader called the Caliphate. So I want you to realize that we've been looking at the wrong places to understand what's coming. Now, when you look at all that, you read about how that beheading is the key way that they deal with Christians. Christians are being beheaded by the thousands every day in the Middle East. Nobody's reporting on it. Why? Because the West is already sold out. The West has already succumbed. The West is already anti-God. Europe is already anti-God. All of the world is anti-God except for the individual believers. You know, the church, the true church, the individual believers that worship and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'll tell you something. Man, you can get right in and you think, oh, man, alive. You're talking about beheadings. You're talking about persecutions. You're talking about this angry religion that's taken over the world. And I'm scared to death. Well, wait a minute. I'm going to come back and talk to you in just a few minutes about being overcomers and giant killers because I want you to realize that God's people have always overcome. And like I said, when sin abounds, grace does much more abound. We are more than conquerors. He always leads us into triumph. So don't go away. Come back with me, and I'm going to share the victory. If these programs are a blessing and a help to you, we will invite you to join our World Changer family. We are taking the message of God's unconditional love to the entire world, and we are working together to reach one billion people with this gospel. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I got great news. My new book, Apocalypse, A Spiritual Guide to the Second Coming, is being released this month. You can get it now. Now listen, this is going to be over 300 pages and a hardback book that's going to be crammed with more information that's going to help you have peace than you can ever imagine. I want to tell you something. 
This book's going to answer questions. You're going to understand finally how the world got where it is. You're going to understand how the Antichrist is going to come to power. But more than that, you're going to focus your attention on the Lord Jesus and on the second coming. And you're going to read in these pages what Jesus said to do to prepare for his return and what we could even do to hasten his return. You know what? There's never been a book like this about the second coming. It's going to give you peace. It's going to give you confidence. It's going to give you joy. It's going to put all of your attention on the Lord Jesus. You know, you've probably heard me talk about this before, but the Bible describes basically three categories of people, of believers, as we go through the Great Tribulation. And remember, the tribulation is not where God finally pours out His wrath on the world because we violated all His rules and laws. The tribulation is brought about by the Antichrist. It is Luciferian doctrine that says this is God destroying the world. That's what Nimrod said whenever he forced men and frightened men to come together for His protection. It is not God doing this to the world. It is wicked men doing this to the world because they believe Luciferian doctrine. They believe they can overthrow God and have an immoral world created in their life. And image. But the Bible tells us in the tribulation, we can die for our faith, we can endure until the end, or we can be overcomers. Well, I'll tell you something. You know, we may be put in a position to die for our faith. If that's the case, so be it. But I promise you this, if we're walking with God, we're listening to the Holy Spirit, no matter what comes upon us, grace and power, you'll have more courage than you ever imagined if you just make up your mind right now that you're going to trust God in every situation. But a person who endures is a person who hangs on by the skin of his teeth. But a person who overcomes is a person who is winning and gaining ground for the kingdom of God. Now, the greatest model for this is when we look back to the children of Israel coming into the land of Canaan and driving giants out before them. There were giants up to 30 feet tall. And we know through anthropology, we know this through geography, we know this through history, that they became so frightened of the children of Israel that the giants fled that part of the world and went into all the rest of the world. In other words, Israel, they weren't even born again. They weren't even filled with the Holy Spirit. They drove the giants out and they were dispersed all over the world. I'll tell you something. When I read these stories about people that God used, here's what I realize. Number one, don't ever disqualify yourselves. Don't ever think that you can't. Number two, no matter how many times we failed, we should just always get up and keep walking with God. Number three, my faith is in God's faithfulness, not in my perfection. And number four, and maybe most important, the most important thing that I must realize is this. Even if every person in the entire world were to turn against us and seek to destroy us, we could still prevail if we trust God with all of our heart. That's what an overcomer is, and that's what every tool and every resource that I have for you is going to help you to be. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.